Hello and welcome back to our latest Tap Talks HR podcast. Today I'm really pleased to be talking to Kevin Teo, Senior Lecturer at Birkbeck, the Department of Organisational Psychology, a part of the University of London. Hi Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Hi to me, hi everyone, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. No worries at all. So, so today, Kevin, we're going to be talking about some of the latest research and thinking around job crafting. So do you want to kick off by just sort of saying what you think your view of job crafting is? Well, how long, how long have we got? <laughs> 25 um, minutes. There you go. 25 minutes. Okay. <laughs> all right. So to keep things simple, there's actually two main perspectives on, um, on, on job crafting. There's what we was known as a North American model, and I'm not going to talk about that at all. I'm going to talk about job crafting from a European perspective, um, and that is very much embracing these notions of workplace demands and resources. So from that point of view, when I talk about job crafting, what I mean are changes that are self-initiated by an employee, by a worker, to essentially balance their, their demands and the resources that they face in the workplace with their own um, personal needs and abilities. Um, so just to unpack that a little bit, when I talk about demands and resources, what I mean is that's basically how workplaces are, are organized. So that's the different aspects of work. If we think about workplace demands, these are the things which are challenging in the workplace. So things like um, you know your workload, um, having conflict in the workplace, um, not having sufficient resources in the workplace, having very ambiguous roles. Um, on the flip side to that, resources are the things that we kind of need to get our work done. So that's support from colleagues. It's effective management. It's having good teamwork. It's having um, coaching, ability to grow and, and develop. So that's what I mean by resources. So coming back to that definition that I, I shared um, a couple of moments ago. So when I talk about job crafting as well, how do I balance the demands and resources that I experience in the workplace with, with basically what I need? Okay, I mean, from that point of view, it sounds like that, that maybe leaders have got a lot in to, to, to be involved in that because it sounds like most of the things that the job demands and job resources uh, are things that uh, me as an individual, I can craft, but it almost depends on what leader I've got around me. It makes a difference. I think, I think that's that's quite... That's quite true. So I think there's a there's a danger when we think about job crafting is that sometimes some organizations and some leaders go, well, actually, um, you know, my employees, my teams, go and craft, go craft your job. This thing is meant to be good for you. So go and do your thing, craft your jobs, and we'll all be happier and you perform better, and, and that's good then for, for all of us. But actually, job crafting is is about empowering and giving permission to employees to change things. Because really what you want are for your, your staff, your colleagues to have that autonomy, that freedom to say that actually there are changes that need to be made that I need to make to make my work environment a little bit more conducive to me. So there are a number of different strategies that, that typically when we talk about job crafting, we encourage people to think about. So one of it is if we think about demands and resources as well, how can I, for example, get more resources? How do I seek out more resources in the workplace? And it might be a case to say, well, I might go and look for some coaching opportunities that I might receive in, in the workplace. I might look for peer support in the workplace. I might look at what um, skills I'm currently lacking and think about how I might be able to 
figure that out. Um, I might also be looking at the demands. So typically, you know, without getting too detailed, we talk about um, challenge demands. So things, demands would actually might be good for us because we actually all want to be challenged in the workplace. So, you know, I might be looking to things which, which motivate me, which encourage me, which I find interesting. Um, and then there are things which in the workplace demands, which are almost inherently negative. So having too much work to do or having conflict in the workplace. So how do I optimize those level of demand? So what can I maybe do to try and reduce the conflict that I experience at work or to reduce the conflict between my work and my home life? So um, again, so, so thinking about job crafting is then thinking about these strategies and saying, well, what can I do along these lines to make my workplace a little bit more conducive to who I am and what I need? And how much of this do you think is the, the, the push versus the pull? How much of this in practice in organisations do you think is actually led by the organisation? And how much do you think people just do themselves? Well, I think the irony is that often when I talk to organisations or when I run sort of crafting workshops with, with individuals, um, they actually say, actually, I, I might be, I'm doing some of this already. And, and people might not be realising that. Um, often when you find individuals as they have more autonomy in the workplace, then actually they might look for more things which they find interesting uh, for them to do. They might look for more effective ways in which they can engage and they can carry out the work that they do. But it's about giving permission to individuals to do that. Um, and I think the beauty, if I think about some of the experiences that I've had working with individuals and with teams, but also from what we learned from research, is that we often think that actually job crafting can only be done by individuals who have lots of autonomy or have got lots of flexibility. So often think about professional roles. You know, if you work from home, you can kind of do what you want. If you are, are your own manager, your own boss, you know, you can kind of do what you want. But if you're quite structured and you work in a very rigorous work environment, the research actually shows that you can still craft. There's, there's good quality intervention studies from, from across Europe in settings such as um, um, manufacturing plants, um, so chemicals, working with chemicals, we've got very strict processes. Um, you've got examples from flight decks, from pilots who work in very rigorous structured ways, but to show that actually, despite all the protocols and tasks that they do, they also find ways in which they can craft their roles. Um, and the same with, with the police force as well. There are examples from there that come out where individuals actually craft elements of their work to try and make it a little bit more conducive to who they are. Um, so I think there is lots that one can do over here. So, and that's interesting because sometimes when we think about job crafting, um, I've been in conversations about taking on whole new tasks, whole new projects. But what you're saying there, that maybe that job crafting can be slightly more subtle because you might have a lot of structure around, but actually what you're doing is it, it's satisfying a need, be it your personality trait or, or basically some form of motivation. You're just tweaking the way you do things. Is that right? Yeah, I think, I think it, can, it can actually, the beauty of it is I think you, you get the whole spectrum of it. So I think often for most people, what we would say is start small and start by, by enacting some changes. And often we might suggest actually you might want to look for resources first because it's a lot easier to, to ask for help, it's look for um, to ask for opportunities to grow and to develop. Then it's necessary to address um, some of the issues, say around demands in the workplace. So maybe to go and look for something which interests you. You know, what might be a project that you might get um, that you might find meaning in, or that that you've always wanted to get involved in. 
Um, and, and, and there you can see that actually it might be a tweak in something subtle, such as actually um, when I start my workday or when I take a break, um, or it might be something major, say, actually, I'm going to get involved in this project and this project is going to, well, I don't know if to say double my workload. That's an extreme example, but it's going to increase my workload, but it's something that I've always wanted to do. So that's, that's, um, that's a different way of, of looking um, at it. But just going back to the example of um, talk about the police force, and this was done with, with police officers in, in Amsterdam. And what they had was um, they had administrative duties to do, and they did not want to do administrative duties, understandably so. But recognizing that actually that work needed to be done. So it's about empowering them to say, well, actually, is there a different way in which this could be done? So rather than say that on a Monday, all of that stuff needed to be done, it gave permission to individuals to say, I can choose when I want to do this. So for some of them, it was a case of, yep, yeah, I'm just going to get it done and over with in one go. And then I can focus on, on other matters of policing. And for others, it was about spreading the load and saying, actually, I'd rather do a little bit of my admin jobs every day and, and, and spread it out because then I don't feel like I've just you know, spent a large chunk of time doing that one thing. So it's about empowering individuals to make those decisions to say, actually, I'm going to change my working environment and processes a little bit differently so that it fits basically what I want to do and what I want to get out of this. So do you see any kind of alignment between uh, people who do job craft and the level of engagement or motivation they have in a workplace prior to them job crafting? Is that something? Yeah, so actually there's a number of intervention studies which um, have been carried out on a number of, in a number of different settings. So, so like I said, uh, um, the police was one, um, factory workers, healthcare, um, the number of intervention studies which have been carried out in this setting, and they often actually measure engagement before and after. Um, and, and what's quite clear looking at, at, at the research around job crafting is that work engagement is a crucial factor within this, because we see typically an increase in work engagement before and after a job crafting intervention, because again, often when we look at and if we understand from a theoretical point of view, um, what we need as individuals um, to have work engagement is resources in the workplace and having appropriate levels of demands. And at its root, if you think back about how I define what job crafting is, it's about adjusting the resources that you have in the workplace and your levels of demands as well. So if you can adjust it to a level which is conducive to you, then that will also increase your level of work engagement. I don't want to turn this into a a theoretical lecture, but there's this nifty theoretical framework called the Job Demand Resources Model by uh, Bakker and Dumaruti. So, you know, do, do have a Google of it if anyone is interested in. But that will also say that actually work engagement, individuals who are engaged in the workplace will also and then engage in crafting behaviors because, you know, I'm engaged, I've got energy, I've got motivation. Um, what I'm going to do is well, I'm going to look for things which interest me. I'm going to look for things which can support me in the work that I do. And actually what I'm doing is I'm therefore engaging crafting behaviors and creating this upward cycle that is gonna increase my levels of work engagement and I therefore have more uh, crafting behaviors and that cycle just carries on and carries on. So I think it's quite um, an important pathway in which how we support individuals to have higher levels of work engagement in the workplace. Yeah, and, and, and as you were saying that, that's what the bit was coming into my head. So actually, if we can encourage job crafting inside of our organizations it's almost the byproduct is a higher level of engagement and higher motivation in the work that we do yeah and i think that work engagement part is also quite important because we know 
that when it comes to uh, workplace health interventions in general, you need the buy-in of individuals. You know, if I were to walk into a, a, an organizational setting and people are just burnt out, they're cynical, they're tired, and I'm going to say, wow, you know, let's think about job crafting. Let's think about a more effective way of you doing your job. Most people would just tell me to get out of the building um, and saying, well, you know, this is not going to work. Why am I going to bother with that? So, you know, you have to arrest those feelings and address those feelings because if, if people haven't got a baseline of interest or motivation, it's very difficult to get people um, on board. So I think really it's, as with any intervention, um, it's important to understand who you're working with. Yeah, it, 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 it makes me think of um, one of the definitions of engagement. I remember from doing my master's at Birkbeck, which I'll just stay off, there's your plug, um, is actually the definition of engagement is almost like the anti-burnout approach. So, so actually that pressure and that strain by doing job crafting to try and relieve some of the demands of the job, actually you're, you're kind of like that in itself is engaging because you're moving yourself away from the chance of burnout. Yeah, definitely. And I think, and what's also quite interesting is we often, there's, there's, a, there's one study which looked at, I think it was chemical workers, um, which I, I briefly mentioned earlier. And what they found was actually that, that the, 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 the workers engaged or, or worked on this um, job crafting intervention, and it didn't actually change their, their actual working conditions. But by taking part in the intervention, it increased their levels of, of feelings of control and autonomy. And that alone had a positive impact on their well-being. So it might be a case of saying, look, you know, sometimes we might not actually be able to change the working environment, but by giving permission to for the people to try, people might actually feel that I can try and do something, I can work towards something. Um, and then whether it's that feeling of support that you might get from people around you, might actually feel that actually my organization or my supervisors, my managers care for me. And that in itself can be beneficial for an individual. So, so it's almost like by going through the intervention, their level of self-awareness raises about that they have more, more ability to control their work. Whereas actually, until you've done that intervention, they're almost like blinkered in, believing all the, the stories that actually we're just a, a number, not a name in the organisation kind of thing. So it's a way. Yeah, definitely. And, and what's also true with that study is that they found that their organisation tenure was a negative predictor. So what that means was the longer that someone was within that organization, the, the less likely anything was to work. Um, and, and that, again, if you think about your experiences and, and, and might not be surprising because people might have been in a setting for a long time and go, well, lots of people have come and gone and tried different things and nothing's ever going to change. So again, that's a different cohort to try and bring on side. Yeah, so that then you could almost then, uh, obviously you don't want to get rid of people who have been in your organisations for a long time because there are benefits as well. But actually that, that, that idea of job rotation, getting people to move around and not so much setting their ways so they, they become this kind of negative vibe uh, towards uh, doing work like this and then job craft. Yeah. yeah, I have to be very clear and say, no, I'm not, no way am I okay in getting rid of people who have been around for a while. But I think it's about recognising that people have got different experiences and different backgrounds and different skills and we have to think about everyone collectively. Um, I, 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 I like the way you backtrack there. That was fantastic. I almost saw you running backwards in. Um, so, but no, it's me that's just it. But um, 
interesting that we're recording this at the back end of 2021 um and there's uh, been a small thing going on for the last 18 months called a pandemic uh i say the pandemic i should say the first pandemic because you never know in how many years someone might be listening to this and they've gone through about five of them by now but um with thinking about the concept of job crafting and with the huge amount of change that we're undergoing in some of our workforces at the moment, have you seen anything at all around job crafting and the benefits of that for people who are going to a more hybrid working, remote working, etc.? Yeah, I just want to pick up the point. I grew up in East Asia, so we I, I lived through the SARS pandemic. So this is so this is, this is pandemic not, too. This is yeah, it doesn't feel like my my first pandemic. Of course, on a different scale, all all together. Um, but focusing on on the actual question, um, yeah, I think I think job crafting and everything that's happened in the last couple of years um, fits job crafting quite well because in a way for lots of workers who've suddenly been asked to work from home, um, it was a space where workers, managers, organizations were trying to figure out how do we work? How do we do things? And for, for many individuals, it gave them an opportunity to think about, well, what kind of resources do I need? Because suddenly managers and, and organizations would say, well, what do you need? What sort of technology do you need? What kind of support? What kind of training do you need? Um, and then some employees, some workers really took this on and say, actually, this might give me an opportunity to learn new things, to get exposed to new opportunities um, around that. Um, and of course, we also know that it was a very difficult and, and, and challenging situation for many as well. So there were lots of negative demands as well, managing that work and home interface, managing their own health, the concerns for loved ones as well, managing workload that just went through the roof. But if we think about the basics, the basic sort of behaviors that we encourage in, in job crafting, you know, look for resources um, in your work, look for more challenging demands to challenge yourself and look for more, uh, look for better ways to optimize those, those negative demands that you face. Actually, where employees and workers have been able to do that across the last two years, that's probably where you find individuals who have adapted best to the environment that they're in. Similarly, where you've got environments, organization managers, where people have not allowed that and said, nope, we want you to work in this specific way. Um, that's actually where you're hindering people because people might say, actually, that's not going to work for me in this environment. And I think particularly when we think about where we are now, you know, I know we're talking about sort of return to work as, as though the pandemic is ending. I don't think we're going to return into one way of working. I think the working experience for, for you and I and for everyone everywhere around is going to be very different. And I think having these conversations and allowing people to craft their working environment is going to be really important because I think we need to be aware of, of, of basically of these behaviors, um, of how we fit, how who we are, what we need with our working environment. So facilitating these conversations is going to be really important. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because you can see some of the anecdotal evidence of where uh, line managers have been really supportive, where people have had a sudden change in their working environment to say, what do you need from me? How can I help? And having that supportive style, you've seen much more positive mental health 
in those uh, those teams, those organizations. And it's interesting that actually they might have been creating a very conducive job crafting activity with their people. And that could be why their engagement was high and motivation was high, not necessarily just because of that safe space that they were creating. Yeah, well, I actually think that if you create a safe space, you're allowing people to craft. Um, and also crafting is, it's not a one-off thing. It's not someone goes, right, I've crafted, this is the perfect environment for me. And that's, that's fine. As long as we keep doing this, I'm going to be okay. Because the reality is everything evolves. You know, my own personal circumstances might change. I might move house and then therefore things might change differently. I might have, um, you know, elements of my family might change in terms of carrying responsibilities. My work situation might change. We might suddenly win a big contract. We might suddenly lose a big contract. And that will have a knock-on effect on, on everything else and, and how I need to work and why I need to work the way I do. So having that, 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 that psychologically safe space to, to try out different things, to make mistakes, um, I think is really important as well. Um, and actually, one thing that I haven't talked about now is we've also, we, you know, the job crafting research space has moved on um, and into a number of different dimensions. And it's worth highlighting a couple of them. One is the interface with home crafting. And it's crafting to say, actually, as individuals, we also have a life outside of work. Shocker. You, you have a life outside <laughs> work, actually. Um, and it's thinking the same way. You know, what are your resources in your personal life um, to support you through it? What are your demands in your personal life? What do you actually want to do? In, and, and it's managing that as well. And elements of your home life can also help you manage your, your work life and vice versa. And the other element is moving from individual crafting to team crafting. And to actually recognize, and this is important because people often say, well, I want to work the way I work, but that might be different to how you want to work, Anthony. And then as a team, that might put us at loggerhead. So ideally, going back to this psychologically safe space, if we are team crafting to saying, okay, as a team, these are our goals and how might we, how might we work together to meet them? So there might be an element of compromise to say, yeah, one of us is going to have to work on a Saturday, for example. But how do we then accommodate that? So it's almost like from the team aspect, it's, it's collaboration, isn't it? You, you're, you're, you're getting people to have deeper conversations about more real things and rather than just the task at hand to achieve the output within the team creates that psychological space to actually then craft as a, as a, as a group. Yeah, definitely. And I think what job crafting does, it gives us a framework in which to facilitate these discussions. A, it creates awareness. And that I think awareness is always important. And B, then that framework allows us to take action both at an individual level and hopefully also at a team or maybe even all an organizational level as well. Because it is quite interesting you talk about the home crafting, because another thing that, that we've been all very conscious of in the last 18 months is actually that that border between the, the, the work and the home. And I'm thinking border theory, Sue Clark rings a bell somewhere along the line around um, actually we use that transition of commuting to actually have our home and family life and we have our work life. And actually, if we have lost the border to a degree because we're sitting in our, on our dining tables um, doing work with our kids around us, etc., then actually making the home life part of the thing you craft as well as a work life is almost like a natural extension, isn't it really? Yeah, to, to an extent. And I think it's also recognizing then saying, well, if I have resources or needs that can't be met in the workplace, maybe that can be done outside. So 
for example, I might feel quite isolated socially. Um, you know, in the past, maybe we went for drinks after work on a Friday or something, and that's all gone, and that was a big part of who I am. And and then maybe then it's thinking, well, on a personal level, how might I fill that, you know, st- those social resources, and, and that might be from through family or, or through friends and on a more personal level as well. So it's about managing managing that and recognizing that you've got resources, but equally you've also got demands because you might have a very clear job role everything works very well but if you've got issues at home challenges at home you've got to manage those as well because that will then potentially spill over into the workplace as well so again it's about having that awareness and saying that we can't just silo things off um and i mean great if you can and great if they've got no you know um link on an impact on each other but the reality is is for most people that that there are and having an awareness and it's fine if, if you think it's fine the way it is and that's okay. But if it's not, then it's about thinking, well, should we change something? Can we change something? And what might that be? And, and I love that because that's almost like crafting as from the point of view as a human being rather than crafting as a point of view as a worker or an employee. Uh, so actually you're looking at all your demands, full stop, 24-7, 365 days a year, all your resources, and actually trying to make sure that they balance in some way or form rather than trying to isolate and trying to get them to balance in a work environment and i think that's got me thinking now that's why i'm not talking as much because my brain is going more so that's fantastic i mean i wanted to just take it onto one last area if that's okay it's like thinking about um the world um, of people professionals hr professionals in the workplace senior leaders what can they be doing to help their teams become better at job crafting? I think at the very first, it's recognizing that in the workplace, you have demands and you have resources. And ideally what you want to do is you want to optimize that balance between the two. So it's about facilitating discussions and spaces for your managers, for your teams to have these discussions. And it might be, simple questions like well what are your demands what are the resources that you have what do you need and how do we then address those those gaps and i think it's quite it's quite simple but it can also be quite powerful because i think the challenge that i would kind of leave with with most people is to say well what's one thing that you can change that will make that will make a difference in your own life or your own working life um, and then by extension potentially that of your team or your organization and I'll even put a time limit on that and say, what's one thing that you can change that will have a change in saying in the next two weeks and something in the next six months? And that's, I think, a challenge to leave for everyone. And, and which is fantastic. I know in my head there, I was thinking, my God, this is almost like what we try and get our managers and, and team leaders to, to, to have and a say inside of performance conversations and development conversations, isn't it? Don't let the paperwork run the conversation. Be asking about what kind of support and everything. So that's fantastic. So. Kevin, it was amazing to have this conversation with you. I mean, from my point of view, I'm looking at job crafting now as something much more expensive than I was thinking as we came into this conversation. And actually how we do, no matter where we work and what we do, have more control over actually how we craft our jobs and and maybe actually how we craft our outside of work lives as well. So thank you very much for for coming along and doing the podcast with me today. No problem. Thank you, Anthony. And uh, take care, everybody.
Well, that's it for this time. If you want to find out more about this and other similar topics, then have a look at our website at tapsolutions.com. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time on Tap Talks HR. Thank you.